You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to our podcast. My name is Salvador Chang, Program Director of Toronto Centre. And today I have the pleasure and honour to have this conversation with Dr. Anayat Hussein, Executive Director of the Banking Supervision Group at State Bank of Pakistan. Dr. Hussein is responsible for financial stability, supervision, enforcement and banking conduct. Dr. Hussein is a member of the Monetary Policy Committee, Council of Regulators, a body consisting of representatives from SBP and the Securities Exchange Commission of Pakistan. And he's also a member of the Financial Stability Executive Committee of SBP, State Bank of Pakistan. He also serves as a director on the board of Pakistan Institute of Corporate Governance and on the Council of Institute of Bankers in Pakistan. Dr. Hussein brings a wealth of experience spanned over two decades in banking supervision, regulation, policy, and operation. Dr. Hussein, welcome. Mr. Cheng, thank you very much. I am really very grateful to Toronto Center uh, to give me this opportunity to express my views on some very important issues. Thank you. Dr. Hussein, I want to start this conversation by asking first, how is the situation in Pakistan regarding COVID-19 today? And what has been the impact of the pandemic on the more vulnerable segment of the population? So Mr. Chang, uh, the pandemic in Pakistan started in uh, late February and initially uh, the number of infections in Pakistan were quite low. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, after some time, the, the number of infections uh, started increasing. So in March 2020, the daily number of infections was about 50. And then they started increasing and peaked in June. In June, actually on daily basis, the number of infections was around 4,800. Uh, the uh, the government took a very swift and focused uh, action, and uh, resultantly, as a result of those actions, which included actually, like for example, social distancing, the the closure of businesses, lockdowns, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, as a result of that, the number of infections uh, started uh, coming down. So, as of uh, actually uh, yesterday. We have about 316,000 infections, uh, total number of infections in Pakistan. Uh, but the good thing is that the 95% of the people infected have already recovered. The number of deaths is uh, quite low. It is around 6,500. And uh, the, the number of infections for uh, during the last month was around 574. 
know about the about the people who were affected by the by this pandemic in fact uh, almost everybody was uh, was affected because of because the businesses were closed the sectors that are specifically uh, related to like for example travel hospitality those were of course uh, were were affected more than than the than the other other sectors uh, likewise the while most of the people in pakistan they were affected by it, the most severely affected were the people who uh, who are daily wage earners that is they uh, they have to go out and uh, earn their wages as well as the people who are doing small businesses like for example shopkeepers because the markets were closed and then the uh, because as i just explained that because the businesses most of the businesses were closed so as a result of that many businesses actually started laying off their workers as well so the livelihood of a large number of of people was uh, was was affected uh, affected as well as well the good thing is that the response of the government was very robust for example uh, a very important action that the government took was what we call esas emergency cash program and under this program the government disbursed about 1.23 us billion dollars to around 17 families and if we take into account the average number of members in a family this support actually reached to about more than 100 million people in pakistan so that actually helped the most vulnerable segments of society in uh, in pakistan the second is that in pakistan because the family bonds are are very strong so this social support support also helped a lot whereby the family friends and relatives they helped each other during this uh, this period of time thank you dr hussein and what you describe is a cash assistance program of incredible proportions and reach uh, congratulations for it uh, now moving into the financial sector my next question uh, i would like to address to you is what has been the response by the state bank of pakistan specifically what measures have you taken concerning the financial institutions you supervise and also measures concerning the customers whose lifelines have been probably seriously affected most of them sure with a lot of debts that they cannot continue paying yes so uh, mr chang when the uh, when when the infections uh, started increasing of course so our of course our first priority was to make sure that the banks remain open and the uh, and the delivery of financial services and financial products remain uninterrupted the savers and and the depositors of the banking system they have unhindered access to their funds and as a result of that we worked very closely with the bank and uh, our primary objective was that number one that the branches maximum number of the bank branches remain open and the second was that the alternate delivery channels of the banks they remain operational 24/7 now as the number of infections were, were were increasing the the people who are work in banks of course they were also being infected and they were relatively at a at a higher risk because of the public public handling in pakistan a large number of people actually come to branches to uh, to do their financial transactions although alternate delivery channels like online banking and uh, mobile banking they are available 
but most of the bank most of the customers still prefer to come to the come to the branch physically to uh, to do a uh, to do a transaction so as a result of that for example we worked with banks to make sure that if there any any of their employee in a bank branch is uh, is infected and that branch has to be closed on the bank should make sure that there should be a notice on the on on the branch to to make aware the the depositors or inform the depositors of that branch that if they want to do any financial transaction they can go to to a to a nearby branch in addition to that we also advise the banks to make sure that uh, they follow world health organization guidelines and state bank of pakistan also issued a standard operating procedures for the for the bank employees so in, it included for example wearing of mask at all times use of sanitizers social distancing uh, in in a branch both for the customers of the banks as well as for the for the employees of the banks now pakistan is a very cash in, intensive uh, society i mean our cash in circulation is very high as compared to uh, developed economies and even with some of our peer countries and it was also initially uh, felt that cash is also one of the means to uh, to spread virus so as a result of that we made sure that the banks have access to fresh currency notes that are issued by state bank of pakistan or the use notes that they uh, that they give to their depositors those have to be stored at least two weeks in their wallet to make sure that those are properly uh, disinfected so that as i explained that that was our first priority uh, in in addition to the uh, the actions that we took to make sure that the that the people who come to the branches uh, to do their transactions we tried to encourage the encourage the customers of the bank to use alternate delivery channels so in in that respect one we uh, abolished all the fees that are uh, charged by the banks from their customers for online transactions and we also advised the banks to make sure that their alternate delivery channels remain operational as a result of that we actually witnessed very substantial increase in the number of transactions that uh, take place electronically because people were also the people also did not want to come to the branches because they were also of course afraid of uh, of being infected and when and the availability of adc actually resulted in a substantial uptake of uh, online banking internet banking and uh, mobile banking uh the second priority was as uh, you just mentioned that there were a number of people and businesses whose uh, cash flows were affected their livelihood was on stake so from that perspective we took a number of very significant steps the first was that the monetary policy committee of state bank of pakistan starting from march started reducing our policy rate so in in successive uh, uh, meetings of the monetary policy committee we reduced the policy rate in pakistan by 625 basis point before the corona virus the policy rate in uh, in pakistan was 13.25% and it was brought down to 7% as a result of that uh, because of these uh, reduction in policy rate the businesses and household in pakistan on a on a annualized basis would have saved around 470 billion uh, uh, pak rupees 
which is roughly equivalent to about 1.1% of GDP. The second was that we, re we realized that because of the, of the closure or close downs, the cash flows of the businesses as well as the households have been interrupted. As a result of that, these borrowers of the banking system are not in a position to repay their loans, or at least a large segment of them would not be able to repay their loans. So we came up with, uh, with two schemes. One was the principal deferment scheme. And under that scheme, the borrowers that were regular before the, uh, before the coronavirus uh, episode, they were given an option that they can approach their banks and they can request them that their principal repayment should be deferred for one year. They will continue to service their markup, but their principal installments would be deferred by one year. Under this scheme, so far, the banks in Pakistan have deferred the uh, principal repayments of around 653 billion Pak rupees. In US dollar, it, it amounts to about 4 billion US dollar. The second was, uh, we realized that there will be a certain percentage of borrowers who will not be in a position to even service their markup. So these sort of, for these sort of borrowers, we extended the time that is required to negotiate with the banks. Right now it is uh, 90 days. So within 90 days, if a borrower is not able to pay either its principal or markup, it is classified. And we increase this time period to 180 days. And we allowed the banks to restructure the loans of their borrowers within 180, 180 days. And under this restructuring scheme, uh, the banks have restructured loans of about 192 billion. In US dollar, this amount comes to around 1.2 billion US dollar. The, the good thing is that the, uh, the, most of the beneficiaries of these two schemes were small borrowers. So 93% of the beneficiaries of these schemes were the borrowers of microfinance banks, the, uh, the most vulnerable segment of the society. Now, in addition to these two, two measures, as I earlier explained, that uh, because the businesses were closed and because the cash flows of the businesses in Pakistan were, were disrupted, supply chain was disrupted. So as a result of that, many businesses started laying off their workers. Uh, and uh, that, of course, become, became a major issue in both in terms of, uh, uh, it became a major economic as well as social issue. So in order to encourage these, uh, these, these businesses not to lay off their, their employees, we came up with a refinancing scheme. So any business that uh, undertook that it will not lay off its worker was able to get loans at a cheaper rate from banks. And this loan, of course, was refinanced by State Bank of Pakistan. Under this scheme, uh, State Bank of Pakistan uh, has, and the banks have approved loans worth 222 uh, billion, that is roughly equivalent to about 1.3 billion US dollars. And as a result of that, the livelihood of about 1.6 million uh, employees uh, was, uh, was saved. In addition to that, uh, State Bank of Pakistan also came up with scheme for financing to, uh, to hospitals because 
hospitals of course were at the forefront to fight uh, with with the coronavirus and we came up with another scheme for uh, for encouraging investment in the uh, in the country while we were taking uh, these actions we were also uh, cognizant of the fact that the 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 fraudsters and the people uh, the uh, the cyber criminals they can also take benefit of uh, this this vulnerable time uh, many of the people who work in the in in the banks they were working from home and uh, that actually create a vulnerability in the system especially in those institutions where the the infrastructure is not in place to accommodate uh, this sort of uh, functionality and at the same time we also realized and it was realized in other economies as well that the uh, the crimes like social engineering etc were on the on the rise uh, we also observed as i just explained that the transactions through online platforms through through mobile banking through online banking those uh, they were also uh, on a rise as a result of that we very closely interacted with the banks we advise them to make sure that uh, their that the necessary checks and balances are in place uh, where the people are working from home we also uh, advise them to make sure that their alternate delivery channels and uh, are 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 safe and and uh, secure this this phenomena also uh, gave rise to some challenges uh, related to uh, related to consumer protection and uh, in in a pandemic we understand that if for example any 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 customer is having problem uh, that customer will like that problem to be to be redressed very quickly so and most convenient way for a customer to reach his or her bank was through the call center so we advise the banks to make sure that the uh, that resources in their call centers are reinforced and further strengthened state bank of pakistan also came up with its own helpline uh, on which bank on which customers of the bank could call and request our intervention we also uh, provided an email to the uh, to the to the customers of the bank and at the same time of course in collaboration with we have a pakistan banks association the association of the bank that works on behalf of banks with state bank of pakistan and with other government bodies so we interacted with pakistan banks association and we launched a media campaign to uh, to make the customers of the bank aware of the risk and to make sure that they do not disclose or divulge their confidential information thank you very much uh, and thanks for laying out these financial measures and guidelines in, in such a great detail uh, now i would like to ask you we are approaching the end of the year we are in october already and the economic and financial conditions are still highly fluid and uncertain worldwide in this environment what are the risks you worry more about in the coming months so uh, as i explained that the pandemic in pakistan started in february uh, we reached the peak in june and then the number of infections uh, started coming down so recently actually we have seen a very quick economic recovery the large scale manufacturing in pakistan uh that was contracting starts uh, starts expanding uh we have surplus uh, current account uh, for for few months in in pakistan the exports uh, started picking up if the situation remains so we we actually expect that the uh, that the economic recovery will will continue 
the major risk of course is that we have recently seen again a small increase in the number of infections and as a result of that actually the government has again undertook certain actions they have again re-emphasized the importance of uh, wearing masks uh, following social social distancing uh, rules that have been uh, announced by the by the government and at the same time they have also imposed what what we call micro smart lockdown whereby certain areas where number of infections are increasing the government actually locks down those those areas so while we are taking all these actions and while while we are optimistic that hopefully uh, pakistan will be uh, able to control this this pandemic there is a risk of second wave that we are actually observing in uh, certain other countries and especially worrisome is of course our neighboring country india because the because the demographics demographics in pakistan uh, they are quite similar to uh, to india the weather is more or less the the same so that actually uh, makes this risk uh, quite material for for pakistan that there can be uh, a second uh, second wave so if the second uh, wave hits uh, pakistan then of course uh, the the risk is that uh, the the economic recovery that we are right now observing uh, it it can be it can be jeopardized so that, so that is uh, the the one part in terms of uh, uh, consumer protection actually uh, of course the what we have done we will uh, we are already continuing to to reinforce it for example the work that we have done to to further strengthen the Contains redressal mechanism both at the end of the banks as well as at the end of State Bank of Pakistan. We will continue to uh, reinforce that. 98% of the complaints in Pakistan are handled by banks and resolved at their level. So we are working with banks to make sure that their complaints redressal mechanism from point A to point Z, that is from the time they received a complaint till the disposal of the complaint. is uh, is is strengthened at the same time at the at the level of state bank of pakistan we will continue to uh, increase the awareness of the of the financial consumers about the about the risk and uh, and other issues from the uh, from the macro prudential perspective or from the financial uh, stability perspective uh, if the second wave hits uh, we are pretty confident that the financial system is in pakistan is in a very robust uh, state as of now and it will be in a position to further actually further support the real sector so for example capital adequacy of the pakistani system uh, is is very high as of december last year the capital adequacy ratio was 17% which is much higher than the then the capital adequacy ratio that has been prescribed by state bank of pakistan at 12.5% uh, after december uh, because of this coronavirus uh, situation and because of the uncertainties uh, we actually restricted the banks not to not to announce dividend and pay dividend for two quarters as a result of that actually the capital adequacy ratios of the banking system in pakistan has further improved from 17% at the end of last year to 18.7% at the end of june 
if the second wave hits of course we we expect that the non performing loans uh, will will increase but as of uh, now the non performing loan ratio if you look at the gross non performing loans ratio it is uh, around 10% but in terms of net non performing loans which are actually a risk to the bank's balance sheet and the income statement the ratio is just 1.9% just to put in the in the context uh, we we have observed an increase in non performing loans during the last 6 months so actually our non performing loans that is npls have increased from 761 billion at the end of the year to 847 billion so that is an increase of about 86 billion against this increase the banks actually created provision of about 71 billion so that only leaves just an increase of 15 billion in our net non performing loans and if you compare it with the 6 months uh, profits of the banking system before tax it was 217 billion so one that the profitability of the banking system is very robust to deal with any increase in non performing loans and the second is that the buffers and cushions that we have built over period in terms of higher capital adequacy ratio they are very uh, very very robust to actually absorb any 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 sort of uh, shock dr hussein that that's uh, very good news uh, thank you uh, to wrap up this conversation i would like to change tracks and uh, ask a final question my final question focuses more on how all this has changed your organization internally the way you work how is your team coping with these challenges and at the end uh, have these changed the way you do supervision or not yeah so as a result of covid because as i just explained that many people in the banks were uh, working from home at the same time in fact many people in the central bank they were also working from home now our supervisory methodology actually relies a lot on on site inspections but of course during a covid uh, one uh, we didn't want to go on site uh, in in the banks and at the same time of course uh, as i said that the many good number of banks personnel were also uh, off site so as a result of that our reliance on off site monitoring has has increased very substantially so we are of course getting a lot more data from banks that we were getting before uh, before covid the good, good thing uh, is that even before covid actually we have started uh, sort of modifying our methodologies so our inspection methodology that is right now uh, relies a lot on uh, on transaction uh, auditing uh, we we were already in the process and we have already reasonably achieved a level to actually rely more on on data mining and data analysis so that helped us a lot the second is that before the uh, before the corona virus we were already undertaking a very ambitious project which we call knowledge management project and the objective of that project was to uh, to make the processing of cases within state bank of pakistan paperless and at the same time the make our communication with and interaction with the banks as well paperless so that also helped us a lot to actually communicate and coordinate with banks and quickly transform from a paper based and uh, on site uh, interaction to uh, to a digital off site interaction as as compared to 
a year ago, as I uh, just explained, that uh, we we are far more now relying on uh, on offsite surveillance. The challenges uh, that uh, we uh, we face, uh, of course, one is the is the cyber risk uh, that has increased a lot. Uh, because of the uh, increased reliance of the banks on the uh, on on IT, uh, because of the usage of uh, customers on uh, alternate uh, delivery channels, so that is the area where we are uh, very closely collaborating with uh, multilateral bodies, with uh, with other central banks. We are closely looking at that how other jurisdictions are coping with the, with this new phenomena. And we are actually implementing all the all the lessons that are that are being learned, international best practices, international standards in uh, in Pakistan as well. Going forward, actually, uh, we feel that the uh, the enhanced usage of digitization has been actually a good thing that has uh, come out of this uh, this COVID-19 episode, and we will actually like that the this trend continues. Uh, the the increased efficiency that has, that it has brought in the in the in the banking channels is a welcome sign. It has uh, reduced the cost of delivery. It has uh, improved the service quality of the of the banks, and we will like that this uh, process uh, continues. So, in that respect, we are actually working on two fronts. One, as I just explained, we are making sure that the cyber risk in the banks is managed properly, and the second is. We, we are making sure that the service quality, both in terms of uh, the, uh, the complaint redressal, as well as the delivery of services is up to the mark. And we are confident that if the consumers of the financial system, they can do a transaction more easily through, through alternate delivery channels, of course, they will prefer to do so. And if they are confident that, uh, they, that the transactions are properly protected, uh, the trend will continue. Dr. Hussein, uh, thank you very much. And it's been a pleasure uh, to have such an interesting conversation with you. I would like to thank you again for your time and kind disposition to talk to us. Thank you, Mr. Chang. I'm really very grateful. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for following our podcast. And I invite you to check our website and follow us on social media where you will find more information about our programs and resources. Thank you and goodbye.